Hey world, we are Citywide Church, creating the largest soul-saving effort ever seen right here in Bridgeport, Connecticut. We want to thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. We would love to know how our ministry has touched your life. So if you have a couple of minutes, please send us an email at amen at citywidechurch.us. Also, if you would like more information about us or about how to support this ministry financially, you can visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us. Thank you again for listening, and as always, be encouraged and stay blessed. New month, new series, and I'm excited. Uh, I've been having this in my heart now, I want to say for four months, maybe more. And I didn't expect to preach this during the Christmas season, but I'm going to preach it nonetheless, Amen. And I really believe with all my heart that I'm preaching to myself today more than anybody. And so if it blesses you, praise God. But I believe that God wants to say something to Lewis today, amen. If you take notes, you should take a lot of notes in church in case you don't know that. Maybe you said I'm coming a notepad. You should use your phone, praise God. Because uh, when you take notes, you're able to look back at what God is saying to your life. Able to say, hey, God spoke to me at this day, at this time. And I know he's moving in my life. I got a question for you. And maybe you have an answer, maybe you don't. What do you do when God ruins your life? No, like serious, what do you do when God wrecks your life? It's one thing for somebody else to wreck your life, but what do you do when God does the wrecking? That's what I thought. What do you do when your whole life just falls to pieces? When anxiety seems to be speaking louder than God. When depression has more say in your life than the word of God. What do you do when pain is louder than purpose? When the lies of the enemy seem more truthful than the truth of God. Maybe you've never been to that place in your life, and if you haven't, I want to tell you the truth. It's probably because you're not on a road of purpose. Because if you have that perfect peachy life every single day, it just might be because you are not a threat to the enemy of the kingdom of of the devil. And why would he ever attack a person who has nothing with him? I've never seen people really go out into the streets and and rob a bag lady because she ain't got nothing. But I've seen the people who have purpose day in and day out always feel like their lives are being attacked. What do you do when your life is falling to pieces? I want to preach to you for the next three weeks, excuse me, three weeks, Jesus, on how to find peace in the pieces. How do I find peace when my life is in pieces? How am I able to get to that place in my heart and in my mind where there's peace and tranquility in the midst of a storm. Some of us might say, well, Pastor, God doesn't wreck your life. That's not theologically sound, and I would just tell you to read your Bible. I would tell you to read your Bible and to understand that God has done things from Genesis all the way down to Revelations where it completely and utterly destroys someone's life their life for themselves in order to bring about his life 
for him and his purposes in your life. And I think a lot of times you don't realize that you're in this struggle between God's will and yours. And you're doing everything you can and you're praying for your will to be healed and your will to work when God's saying, no, I need you to understand the reason you're facing the wreckage you're facing is because I'm trying to speak into your life and do a different work. And some of you are trying to get your Gorilla Glue and piece your life back together, but you don't have the true peace of God in your life. You're tossed around by every wave of anxiety and depression and stress. And you don't understand why. Maybe there's some of you today who you know that you're destined for more. You know that there's more purpose in your life than what you're fulfilling right now. You know there's more purpose in you than what you're seeing and what you're doing. And you're in the struggle between purpose and normal life. And you don't have a peace. How do I find peace in the pieces when my marriage is falling apart? How do I find peace in the pieces when I just lost my job? And I have kids to raise and kids to feed. How do I find peace in the pieces when my spouse just walked out on me? When I just ended a long relationship? When my friends are stabbing me in the back? How do I find this peace? Maybe it's just me who goes through things in your life. I want to speak to you from this simple story in Scripture that really isn't that simple. And it's in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, down to 38. You should write that down. Luke chapter 1, verses 26, down to 38. And I want to look at the story of this young girl and how she found peace when God decided to do a plan in her life that would ruin everything she had planned. And I pray that God speaks to you through it, the way he's spoken to me these past few days. Reading from the Gospel of Luke in verse 26 of the first chapter, it says, And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give him to the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end and Mary says to the angel how will this be since I am a virgin and the angel answered her the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you therefore the child to be born will be called holy the son of God and behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. 
And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Mary's two responses to the message of the angel who was sent from God. Verse 26 tells us this angel was sent from God. She says, How will this happen? And behold, I am your servant. How will this happen? And behold, I am your servant. When God sends an angel to tell Mary about the purpose he has for her life, he does not care that she's already pretty much married. Like God tells her, hey Mary, you're going to have a child. It's not going to be from your husband-to-be. And I really don't care about your marriage process. You see, Mary, the Bible says, was betrothed. Mary was no older than 14 years old. No older than 14, according to historical just knowledge of, of the time of betrothal. And what betrothal means is that they would get married, and then for a year, they would live apart on purpose so that they could see if the woman was sleeping with somebody else, and if she came up pregnant during the time, you wouldn't finish the marriage process. But at the end of the year, if she was found to be pure and righteous and not pregnant and basically not sleeping around... Then the husband would come triumphantly with the parade and pick up his bride. And God understands Mary's situation that she's probably literally in the middle of her betrothal period in order to prove her purity. But God is not concerned with the plans of man when his purpose is in the balance. Like this is mind-boggling to me that God did not care that Mary had a life plan and he was able to wreck it. Like, God did not care that Joseph would probably feel some kind of way. And although God would in the end calm the worries of Joseph, as we'll talk about Joseph next week, God knew that his plan was more important than our pain. And I struggle with this dichotomy of of knowing that God has a purpose and it often causes pain. And how do you have peace? How did Mary, there's the implication that Mary had a deep-seated peace because her last response to the angel is like, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be as you have said. And like, I, I wrestle with that. Like, how do you just accept God's plan to get you pregnant by his spirit while you got a man? Like, that's kind of problematic to me. And even in today's day and age, that just won't fly. Like, hey, honey, by the way, I'm pregnant, and it's, don't worry, it's God. And Mary's different than most people in the Bible. Because most people would say something like, I'm not ready. Like Moses, I can't talk. Jeremiah, I'm too young. Abraham, I'm too old. Sarah, ha ha, this angel's crazy. But this 14-year-old girl just says, let it be as you say, Lord. Why did Mary have such a peace when literally her life had just been crashed into pieces? Her plans had been kind of pretty much just, just thrown out the window because God had a purpose for her life. Mary had a distinct peace 
It wasn't that God wanted to ruin her life. He wanted to show her that his plan would lead to glory in her life. But in the process, he does wreck our plans and he ruins your ideas of what your life should be. And oftentimes we struggle with accepting God's purposes for our lives. All of her life plans would need to be changed now. They would need to be altered and nothing would remain how she had planned it. And why would God do such a thing? Why would God come in and, and cause something that would be a hardship for Mary? She would be looked at as an impure woman, a girl who was sleeping around. She might be looked at as a woman who wasn't righteous or faithful, but yet in the midst of her pain, she had found favor with God, the Bible says. And God says, hey, because you found favor, I'm going to cause pain in your life. Sometimes you think that God's favor means everything's going to be all right. But oftentimes, God's favor, it means hell is going to break loose. Sometimes favor costs us. Mary, you found favor with God, so we're going to give you a baby. <laughs> Wait, I, I, don't, I wouldn't have been down with that plan. I would have said, God, like, she's too young. Like, God, do something else. If you would have consulted me, I'm like, this is a terrible plan. She got a man. We can't find nobody else? Like, nobody who's not betrothed? Like, nobody who's not in the midst of proving their purity? Nobody who's not in the midst of, like, finalizing their contractual marriage? Like, nobody else? Just this girl? But she was righteous. And it wasn't because she was some goody two-shoes, but there was a sense of, uh, in, in, in the text, there's a sense where she has found favor with God. And favor is also, we, we do get the word, the root word grace from this word. It doesn't mean grace. It, it means favor. It's just what it says. And, and, and you have to understand that what it means is that she was living in such a way that God looked upon her and said, wow. She pleased God. And God didn't have to do anything for her. That's why it's called favor. But she was living in, in a good way. And God saw that and you found favor with God. You found this favor, Mary, and because of it, God's going gonna to break all your plans apart. And he's going to, you know, get you pregnant. And he's going to bring human shame upon your life because a woman who wasn't completely married, pregnant, in these times is scandalous. Some would say today that God would never do such a thing. God would never cause something to ruin your life. And I would just tell you to consult the Bible because that's, the Bible is completely, look at Paul, who was first named Saul, who was out there, a, a high-ranking Pharisee. He was doing good for himself, and God ruins his life as a Pharisee and calls him to be an apostle, to, to preach across the world to the Gentiles and to write two-thirds of the New Testament, to live in jail, to do all types of things. And although he would find more purpose in his life with God's plan, God ruined his plans for his life. Are you following me so far? But God would never do that to me. Like God's favor was about to cause immense pain. You think that favor means instant success. You think that, 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 that having God with you means everything's just going to be okay. And it doesn't always mean that. You see, God's blessing on Mary to, be the, to have the honor of being the mother of Jesus would lead to pain. 
Her peers would ridicule her. Her fiancé would come very close to leaving her. Her son would be rejected by many men. He would be murdered by the scribes and the Pharisees. She would have to watch him hang on a cross, beaten, bloodied, and battered. Like God was giving her a plan. I'm trying to build this picture for you that would cause a lot of pain and cause her life to literally be in pieces from what she originally wanted. And this is something that you should soon remember, that just because God called you for something great doesn't mean it's always going to be great. That just because God called you to do something huge doesn't mean it's going to be without sacrifice. Just because you have the favor of God doesn't mean it's not going to cost you something in this exchange. And Mary's only response is, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be as you have said according to your word. And Mary isn't rattled. She doesn't seem worried. She simply accepts God's plan for her life. Unlike Moses, unlike Jeremiah, unlike many of the forefathers who came before her, she raises no objections to the plan of God in her life. Do you understand how crazy and how out there this is? But the key to understanding why Mary had peace in accepting God's plan is when she says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Here's point number one. Are you ready? Peace starts with knowing whose you are. Yeah, true peace only starts when you know whose you are. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. In other words, behold, he has made me for his glory. He has fashioned me and formed me for his purpose. So who am I to reject his plan when he made me? Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. When God comes to you, though, it's different. God, not now. There's no behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Usually it's, it's a year and a half, two years of fighting with God. You don't know how many times I hear people, I've been running from my purpose. That's just dumb. If you know you've been running, then just stop running. People who always tell me they're running from their purpose, they're the ones who don't have a purpose. They're running from the idea of God giving them purpose. But Mary just says, God, do it. You said it, do it. In that moment, when she accepts God's plan, she exchanges her will for his will. And her life is in pieces according to how she desired it. But God is there with her. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. You have to understand this. Maybe today you're here, but you don't know whose you are. Maybe it's your first time in church for a long time. You see, but when you know that you belong to Jesus Christ, Romans 5, 1, Paul writes a powerful scripture. He says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first step to understanding peace is to understand you are no longer the enemy of God. There's no more condemnation in Christ Jesus. To understand that you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior means that now God is on your side. You have joined the winning team. I talk all the time to people who love sports. I was talking the other day to a couple of brothers, and they were talking about Kevin Durant joining the Warriors. I don't respect him no more. He joined the winning team. Well, so did you when you gave your life to Christ, but nobody hating on you. 
Who doesn't want to join the winning team, people? Come on. And when you accept Christ, you have peace with God. This is the first step to peace, to understand that peace is not just a firm understanding that in all situations you will be okay because God is with you. It's understanding that because you've made a decision for Jesus Christ, in all circumstances, God is your friend, not your foe. God is your helper. He's not hostile towards you. And let me tell you, the Bible's clear that before you come to God, if you're living in the world, if you're living in sin, if you're living contrary to God, you are his enemy. By nature, the fact that there's only two sides, evil and good. And good is God and evil is the devil. And maybe you're struggling with peace in your heart and in your life. And maybe the thing is that you haven't made a decision for Jesus Christ. Or maybe you've only gone to the cross but not through the cross. Maybe you've gone to Jesus for salvation, but you've not exchanged your life of dead works, your life of sin. You haven't got to the grave with Jesus. You haven't died with him and been buried with him. And so you, you claim the cross for salvation, but you're still living neck deep in sin because you have not made the decision to walk away from the things of the flesh that no longer you should gratify. And there's no peace in your heart and in your mind because you're still doing the same things you used to do before. But Mary understood, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. I belong to God. And so because I belong to him, he can do with my life as he, somebody say, pleases. The first step to having peace in the times of trouble, in the times of trial, is to understand who owns my soul. And when I know my soul is tethered to Jesus, there's no storm that can take me from him. And you can lean on this indisputable fact that Jesus is your saving grace. He offers you peace with the Father, reconciliation, right standing with the Father. You are now a child of God, endowed with all the inheritance of heaven. You don't have to struggle with anxieties and worries because you belong to him. Peace in our hearts, deep nestled because God is with us, because we belong to him. You have to understand whose you are. But if you waver in between God and the world and never make a real decision for Jesus, you'll struggle with having true peace in your heart. Because true peace has to start. It cannot start anywhere else but to be in right standing with the Father. You can find peace in the words of a friend. You can find peace in the words of something temporarily. Peace with a blunt. Peace with, with a nice dosage of medication from your psychiatrist. You can find peace from everything else. But if you don't find peace with the fact that Jesus is your Savior. And that no matter what you face, he's the ever-present help in times of trouble. Nothing else will matter. This is the starting point of peace. When you know whose you are, when you know you've been made right with God, when you know that you are a friend of God, not an enemy, when you know that you have the spirit of God and no longer have to live according to your dead works. This is opposite of what the wicked experience. Isaiah the great prophet would write in Isaiah 57, 21, he said it clearly, there is no peace, says God, for the wicked. 
If you find yourself struggling to never have peace, you're on one of two sides of the fences, peace with God or wicked. Mm, I knew it would be quiet there. I should have put in my notes, expect a lot of quiet, deafening silence. You might get the temporary peace of the world from your prescriptions. You might get the temporary peace of the world from just watching a whole series of Netflix to take your mind off of something. But do you have the connection to the Father that only comes through the power of the Son? Living the life of the Spirit in you that says when everything falls to pieces, I have peace because I know whose I am. And because I know whose I am, nothing can rattle me because I belong to the royal family. Peace with the Lord. Understanding and knowing that he is yours and you are his. And I know that sounds crazy that we can have peace in the midst of hard situations. That you can truly have peace when all hell breaks loose in your life. That you can have a peace. I don't have to worry that anxiety doesn't have to shout loud. That depression won't have the, the last word in my life. The suicidal thoughts will stop because I have peace. You know why you're so quiet? Because most of you just don't have peace. Because it's really hitting home. That the struggle you feel inside of you is, might be the fighting between your will and God's will. His purposes and your desires. Mary says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be as you have said according to your word. That's the starting point of peace is knowing whose you are. I belong to God. You should say that. You should say it right now. I belong to God. Because of that indisputable fact, you should have the cornerstone of peace, the prince of peace in your heart. Understanding that peace is a person and his name is Jesus. Because you belong to him. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. All of a sudden, instantly, as she says that, Mary is now walking in the will of God. Because when you agree with God, you begin to walk in the path of God. Are you with me? She's now in the will of God. She has agreed to God's ridiculous plan to smuggle the Savior of the world in the womb of a woman who was a virgin. That the Holy Spirit would overshadow her. That she would be with child. Like she has now agreed to God's radical plan to save us. She's walking in the will of God. By taking on the motherhood of Jesus, the Savior of the world, she knew she belonged to God. She submitted to his will. I didn't curse. Submitted is not a curse word, I promise. She surrendered to God's will. I know a lot of women are submit. I'm just kidding, women, a joke. She submitted to God's will. Said, God, if it's your plan, I'm going to roll with what you say. Because you're greater than me. I think God went to her while she was so young because somebody a little older would have had a lot of questions. Like you can tell a kid to do whatever and they just do it. Like go ask mommy. They're going to ask mom. Go do this. And they just go do it because they're a kid. They don't know any better. 
But as we get older, we have a lot more questions. You know why? Because as you're older, you have a lot more ideas of what your life should look like. And when God says something contrary to what the idea of what society says your life should look like, you grow scared of God's plan. But Mary, she said, let it be as you say, God. And she submits to God's plan and God's purpose. And here's, here's point number two. Here's point number two. You should really write this down. And maybe you don't need this today. Maybe your life is perfect and peachy right now. But there will come a day when all hell breaks loose. Put this one in your back pocket. Because one day all hell will break loose in your life. And you need to understand how do I get peace in my life. Here's point number two. And this is where the devil tricks a lot of us. And I'll, I'll dive deeper into it. There is always peace on the path of God's purpose. Listen to that. There is always peace on the path of God's purpose. I remember the first time I ever truly experienced the peace of God. So much so that I didn't tell anybody the peace that I had. It was the day my father died. Got that phone call while I was at work. I was working in Stanford and I began to drive the 45 to hour minute drive or hour drive in the middle of traffic, rush hour on Valentine's Day. And because I knew whose I was, I directly consulted with God on my drive back. I didn't pick up my phone and call my siblings. I didn't do that. I went straight to God and I said, God, what are you doing? And as I talked to God, peace filled my car. It was the strangest. I felt guilty about the peace that I had, but I was already at that point when my father breathed his last breath. I was on the road to God's purpose to being a pastor. And there's always peace in and on the path of purpose. And peace filled my car. I got to the hospital and I walked in and I was consoling members of the church like, it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. It's going to be all right. And I had this peace that I felt guilty that I had when my father had just passed away. But I had a peace in me. And I remember going that night to pray and Pastor Carmen came and I had locked the door. And she knocked at the door and I opened the door. And the first words out of Pastor Carmen's mouth was, I don't have peace. And I wanted to agree with her, but I couldn't. Because I had peace. Well, how could you have peace like that in the midst of such a hard time, Pastor? It was because I was already on the road to purpose. And when I drove back from Stanford, God told me I had to pastor this church. And I agreed with his plan. I said, God, I'll do what you want me to do. I remember God giving me explicit instructions on that ride back, and I carried it out. And as I did, there was peace. It doesn't mean there wasn't pain. It doesn't mean there wasn't hurt. It doesn't mean there wasn't confusion, but there was peace. And I remember having this peace that the Bible talks about that surpasses understanding. This peace of God that was guarding my heart. Because I was on the road to God's purpose. You see, but we, we do things a little differently. When hell breaks loose, many of you don't go to God. Well, Pastor, why do you have to sound so mad about it? I was just talking loud already, so I just stayed there. But if you're honest with yourself, 
When all hell breaks loose, you don't just instantly go to your prayer closet. Maybe some of you do who have it all put together and will never admit that you break down sometimes. I need real friends. People who know how to break down sometimes. We don't do that. Usually what happens is, is and I've been there before in, the, in, in this place in my life where the first thing you want to do when all hell breaks loose is stop doing what you're purposed to do. I'll build a scenario for you. Worship team, forgive me because I'm going to just use the worship team as, a, as an excuse or a reason or a, a, a metaphor here. That when all hell breaks loose in your life, I'm not going to sing no more. I just, I need a break. I don't want to usher no more. I need to take a season of just resting. No, no, don't you understand that there is peace in the purpose of what God has called you to do. And the worst thing you could do is get out of the will of God to find your peace and then go work it on your own. And you got nothing but restlessness and anxiety and depression. Well, I don't want to usher no more. Well, I don't want to be on this team. I don't want to do that anymore. And you run away from the purpose of what God has called you to do. And then you sit at home more depressed, more anxious, without purpose. That's why some of you have never, ever stepped up to ministry calling because you don't understand that if you did what God told you to do, depression would go away. Anxiety would flee. Because in the purpose of God, there is peace. Because God can't afford for you to be working his will while you have a broken mind. And so God gives a provision of peace for those who are willing to work the fields he puts you in. That's why Isaiah said in Isaiah 26.3, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Peace speaks about trusting God's process, trusting God's plan. And when you trust God's process and God's plan, you lean on God for everything and you don't get off the path of purpose because you have a moment where you're in pieces. Because you understand that peace comes in the path of purpose. But some of you try to find peace in the path of sitting down at home on your couch. And you're the same person to be mad at God and not come to church, but be so interested in what God is doing, you on Facebook Live. Some of y'all laughing because you know you're guilty. Some of you watching it right now feeling the same exact way. But you ain't got peace because you refuse to walk in the purpose. And peace is reserved for those who are walking with God. Did you hear that? Peace is reserved for those who are walking with God. For why would God let you be at peace when you're outside of his will? Think. But when you're walking with God and on the path of purpose, he keeps you in perfect peace. Not, not, not a broken peace, a perfect peace. I've, I've been there. When things get so dark and so anxious and so depressed... That I'm just like, you know what, screw the church, all of them. Y'all laughing, I'm serious. Dead serious. I don't want to do this no more. I don't care. And when I go down that path, it just gets worse. It just gets worse. You, you've been there. I, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to serve God no more. It just goes downhill from there. Why would God let me have peace in thinking I could abandon his will? 
But when I walk on the path of God's purpose, peace is everywhere in my life. I was sharing with a pastor just the other day about some of my own emotions and feelings of how when things get hard, I want to just run. But the only place I ever feel true peace is when I'm preaching. Like that is literally the only place I ever feel perfect peace. He says, he says Burgos, it makes perfect sense. Because when God calls you to do something, there will always be peace in the thing he created you to do. Mary had perfect peace to be able to carry Jesus, even though she would be looked at as unfaithful, impure, unholy, unrighteous. And just because people look at you sideways don't mean God's favor isn't on you. Doesn't mean that God's not with you. It just means they don't understand your process. They don't understand your pain. It's for God's purpose. They could talk about you to the blue in the face, and they will. If you don't got somebody talking about you, you might not be doing it right. And you shouldn't want people talking about you. That's not what I'm saying. Because somebody take that out of context. Well, Pastor said, so you got to gossip about me. <laughs> not exactly what I mean. But what I'm saying is this, is that when you're doing it right, meaning doing it God's way, in God's will, on God's path, Satan will always send an accuser. If you haven't encountered the accuser, you might be walking with him. Isaiah 26.3, you keep him in perfect peace. I can't tell you the countless times I've needed that perfect peace. When I've walked down the path mentally of being like, screw all of them, I need to live my own life for me and my kids. See, what you don't understand, in the Bible, when Saul walked away from the path of God, the Bible says that God sent an evil spirit to torment him. Some of the torment you might be enduring, because it's hard to understand why God would send something to torment you. He wants you back on his path. He'll allow brokenness to happen in your life, because brokenness oftentimes brings us back to him when we come to the end of ourselves. When you're at the last pill for your depression and nothing else has worked, you usually turn to God. But God wants to get you to the place where you stop looking to him as a last resort and understand his first response. But when you don't know whose you are, you don't always go to God first. Sometimes you go to your friend called frustration. Yeah, I'm talking to y'all. Sometimes you go to your friend worry. Sometimes you go to your friend doubt. Sometimes you go to your friend, anger. You go to anything but God. You go to any place but the will of God to find that peace. And God's like, peace is in my path. And I keep those in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. Why? It goes on, because he trusts in I can't describe for you the peace I had to go to the hospital and hug people and tell them it's going to be all right. You would have thought their dad died. It's going to be okay. Did I cry? Of course. But I had a peace. I had a peace. I was so at peace, somebody asked me if I was glad he died. Literally. And I look back now and realize they didn't understand the peace that I had. And the world will always accuse you when you're walking in God's purpose. They didn't understand the peace I had. 
Philippians 4, 7 makes it perfectly clear. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, meaning all human comprehension, all your ideas, all your grandeur, all your imagination, it will guard your hearts. Guard your mind in Christ Jesus. In Christ, in, it goes back to whose you are. Peace comes when you're on the path and you know whose you are. It's in Christ Jesus. Satan understands that when you're walking in the plan and the purpose of God, there is peace. But when you walk outside the plan, peace evades you. We become restless in our hearts, in our minds. Our brain starts firing a mile a minute and we start dealing with the anxieties and the worries of the depths of our hearts and our souls. And we start dealing with doubt and we deal with fear. And peace is no longer in our hearts and minds because we're off the path because you needed a break from God and a break from ministry and a break from church and God's like you need a break from ministry you just need intimacy with me to press in but the first thing we do when our life goes to pieces is we don't often go to God we usually go towards something else that used to bring us comfort but the mature Christian goes to the father the mature Christian says God I don't know what you are doing but I have to trust you because I have no plan for this. I have no plan in mind. We fail to realize that some of our greatest ministry will come in the midst of our deepest misery. That when you're at your lowest, God will be at his best in you. For as the scripture tells us, his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Some of you have failed to realize that your life is not falling apart, it's falling into place. And what you thought was things falling apart was God really putting things in place. And you thought that guy leaving you was things falling apart, but God was like, no, I got something else and I got to put things in its place. You think that the hardship you face is your life going to pieces, but it's really God saying, I'm bringing peace. Because you've lived in this place for too long when you've not had mental peace, emotional peace, spiritual peace in your heart. You've never had a moment where you're not wondering why instead of saying, God, I trust you. And you've mistaken the brokenness in your life for things falling apart rather than realizing they're falling into place. And God has a purpose. I couldn't see all of it then. But when dad died, it wasn't things falling apart. It was God bringing things into place. Have you realized that God is trying to bring things into place in your life? Couldn't see it then, but God was working a greater plan than I could imagine. Can I stop for a moment to tell someone who has done everything right and is still facing brokenness? You've been doing everything that you know you should do, and you're still facing pain. Can I just tell you right now, it's not falling apart. It's falling into place. You've been doing everything. You've been coming to church. You've been serving. You've been giving. You've been doing, and you haven't got your big break in your heart and in your mind that you need. Have peace to know it's not falling apart. It's falling into place. And God deals in processes. Even the apostles endured hardship. Paul was beaten. He was jailed. He was shipwrecked, stoned, shipwrecked again, falsely accused, wrongfully imprisoned for a long time. And in the end, he was martyred for the gospel. Martyred is a big word to mean he was killed brutally. 
Don't you understand, church? It's not falling apart. It's falling into place. And Mary was walking into the will of God, and she had peace because she knew it. She also had a peace because she understood who she was. And she was looking out for the Father. She knew who had her back. She knew that she belonged to God. It was God's purpose. When trials come, don't stop doing what you're created to do. Keep on doing it. When burdens come and pain comes, don't stop serving God. That's what you're created to do. When the anxieties and depression comes, don't stop worshiping Him. That's what you're created to do. When everything feels like it's falling apart, don't stop giving Him songs and worship. And don't stop serving in the church. Don't stop giving when things look short. Keep on doing what you're created to do because there's always peace on the path of God's purpose. On, find two people, tell them, don't stop. Don't stop doing it. There's always peace in God's purpose. When trials come, don't stop doing what God told you to do. Don't stop doing what God created you to do. Don't let pain speak louder than your purpose. Don't let anxiety speak louder than your Savior. Don't let depression speak louder than your destiny. You got to believe that he's with you because you belong to him. And you're on the path of purpose. And peace is there because you're walking with God. And nobody can tell you differently. Because he is yours and you are his. That anxiety you face, that depression that you always feel, that constant hurt in the life, Satan, that you're not worthy, that you're just not good enough and you're never going to make it. It's really Satan's fear manifesting in your life. Because he's afraid of your purpose. Afraid to see you walking with God. You should have a mind of Mary that says, Behold, let it be as you have said. According to your word, O God, I walk the will you've plotted out for me. You can ruin my life any day of the week, God, because I know your purpose is greater. You can cause some pain right now, God, because what I face right now pales in comparison to the far surpassing riches of your glory and of your greatness in the everlasting kingdom of our God. And what I face right now is minuscule compared to the majesty of God. You've got to have faith to understand there's peace on the path. Find two other people. Tell them, get on the path. Come on, tell them with bonus, get on the path. You've been off the path for too long. Get back on the path. You fell off halfway through the year. Get back on the path. You've been failing left and right. Get back on the path. You don't have peace because you're not walking in the way you should. Get, find two more people and tell them, get on the path. If you've got to move around, find two more people. Tell them, get on the path. He's with you. He's with you here. He's with you right now because you belong to him. That was point two. I'm almost done. God's plan for Mary was glorious, but it was painful. It would lead to her facing a potential divorce, to be made fun of by so many, to be looked at as a terrible young woman, hated by many, she would see her son face. The hate of many, see him brutally beaten and battered. Why would God possibly allow someone who found favor, someone he loved, someone he cares for, Someone he told, don't be afraid. Why would God allow them to go through hell? Why would God allow 
you to face such hardship. If he loves you so much, I know you got to ask the same questions I do. God, if you love me so much, why the heck does this hurt so bad? Why? And here's, here's point number three. Something you really have to understand. you got to understand this. You should write this down. Peace is not the absence of crisis. But it is the presence of Christ. It's not the absence of a crisis in your life. Peace is not because everything's okay. Peace is not because nothing hurts. Peace is not because you have a perfect life. Peace is not because everything is peachy. Peace is not because you got a nice job, a nice house, a nice car. You got it all going on. That's not peace. Peace is Jesus Christ, the hope for humanity. That is peace. And when you grab the hold of him, peace is not the absence of a crisis in your life, but it is the presence of Christ. And not just Christ, but the spirit of Christ. For Jesus said to his disciples, when I go away, I'll send you a comforter, the comforter. He will lead you into all truth and to all knowledge in every situation, in every problem, in every circumstance. You're going to have a comforter. Galatians 5.22 talks about this Holy Spirit. It talks about the fruit of this Holy Spirit. See, when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, the book of Ephesians says that God seals you. And he seals you by putting the Holy Spirit of God inside of you. And you now become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And he's residing in you. And the Holy Spirit, as the Bible tells us, is the ever-present Spirit of Jesus Christ. And the Spirit of Jesus Christ has a seed he plants into your life. And one of the things that come, one of the fruit of the Spirit that comes from the seed of the Spirit being in you. You see it in Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faith with his church. There is peace wherever the Spirit is present. Well, how do you know the Spirit was present on Mary? Because Gabriel said this is going to happen because the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. And you're going to have the Holy Spirit on you. And you're going to have my son in your womb. You're going to have a perfect peace, Mary. In everything that you face. Because you have the Spirit of the living God in you, residing. Peace you need isn't going to come from a lack of crisis, but an understanding of the presence of a constant Christ and His Spirit in you. For the Holy Spirit, one of His byproducts in your life is peace. Peace. Well, how do I know if I have the Spirit? Back to point one, when you know whose you are, you know who's living inside of you. And when you're walking on the path because you know whose you are, you're going to have a little bit of peace in your life. And when you keep your mind focused on the Lord, church, you're going to have the perfect peace of God. Paul writes in Romans 14, 17, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit brings you peace. He's in you if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. He's in you right now. 
And he's like, will you let me up to the plate to bring peace to your situation? Will you realign your heart to let me sit on the seat in your heart so that you will have perfect peace? Are you hearing me? That depression you face, the worry, the doubt, the anxiety, you have to cast it out by understanding the Spirit of God is in you and you have peace. You've got to understand that I won't be rattled by the battle, but I'll understand that Christ is in me, the hope of glory, the Spirit of the living God producing the fruit of peace in my life. It's not time for me to quit on the creation, the purpose of my creation. It's not time for me to walk away from God. It's not time for me to throw in the towel or to give up because God is with me. Some of you need to really grow up in Christ already. Stop laying down the elementary foundations of repentance all the time because you can't get past the purpose of God in your life. Keep on laying down the foundation of repentance because you don't want to grow in Christ. It's time that you stop being in the same place you are this time of year, every year. I said it. It's time you grew up in God and understand my life is not falling apart. It's falling into place. I have peace in every season of my life. For every reason that God has put purpose into me, I will have peace. For peace is within me and peace goes before me. And there's peace behind me and there's peace to my left and peace to my right. Because my God is an all-encompassing God. He is ever-present. He is omnipresent. He is all over in my soul, in my heart as a best friend in the darkest times the Prince of Peace is living within me no matter what I face no matter what season and what time it is I can have a perfect peace I gotta understand that although I may have God's favor it doesn't mean that I won't have pain although I have a purpose it doesn't mean that I won't face a hardship it just means that I'll have God with me when I do That's peace in the pieces, guys. To understand that in every season, you can have a peace because he's with you. And some of you have gotten so far off the path that you no longer have the peace. Some of you are scared to walk on the path, not realizing peace awaits you. The very thing you don't want to do is oftentimes the very thing God needs you to do. He's calling you to a deeper purpose. Mary had peace because the Holy Spirit was present. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be as you have said according to your word. Some of you need to have a merry moment where you say, God, behold, I am your servant. Whatever you created me to do, whatever you want from me, whatever it is that you need from me, I will do it. I won't go to the left or to the right. I'll begin to finally walk the path you have purposed out for me. I will fulfill your will for my life. I will wreck my own life on account of your glory. Some of you don't realize that the reason your life is in pieces is because God is trying to give you purpose. And in that purpose, there's peace. In anything you face, there's peace for you today. Mary had that peace. But pastor, the scripture doesn't exactly say she had peace. She had the spirit of God. And the byproduct of the spirit of God, church, is peace. 
oh, I don't need peace right now. Put this in your back pocket because there will come a day when the storm will rage and there will come a day when our hell will break loose and there will come a day when your perfect little life is challenged by the purposes of God. And God will wreck your life for his glory. I know he did mine. He ruined it. But in the ruins I found the royalty of God, the goodness of God. And I understand now the favor of God is greater than my own dreams and my own plans. And God is working in your life today. No matter what you face, you can have peace in Jesus' name. Would you jump to your feet with me this evening? Come on, peace in the pieces. Peace when nothing is working like it should. Peace when everything is falling apart. Peace when all hell is breaking loose. Come on, you need that peace tonight. Peace when the voice of the enemy is louder than the voice of God. Peace when anxieties won't let you sleep at night. Peace when depression is telling you to end your life. Peace when you're, you're having trouble all in your home and all in your marriage. And peace no matter what you're facing right now, it's available to you if you would get on the path of the Lord God Almighty, the plan He has for your life. And maybe you don't know the exact purposes He has for you. You can start by making a decision today and saying, I belong to Him. I am His. He is mine. Come on, He's with me tonight. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. We give you honor, we give you praise. Your honor, we give you praise, God. Come on, He's a good God. Father, you see every person here, you know every pain and every broken piece. You see it, you know it. You know every heart that has been rocked by storms, you know every person that has been ravaged by the works of the enemy in their lives. But tonight, God, we realize, God, that your sovereignty reigns in this place, that our lives are in your hands because we belong to you. We understand it right now, Holy Father, that your spirit is living in us. And that solely because of that, there's a fruit of your peace, God. Peace in the midst of circumstances. Peace in the midst of trials and turmoil and to and tribulation and peace in the midst of everything that I might face. Come on, I need about 10 people to declare the peace of God in your life. To declare the peace of God over your heart. To understand and to believe it tonight. That there is peace, not because somebody prayed for you, not because somebody did anything, but because God has been there all along. Because there's spirit
probably some of you here where you really need that peace of God but you have never made a decision for Jesus you've never accepted him as your Lord and Savior you've never really walked with him in every area of your life today if you're going to start having peace you're going to start having Jesus for peace is a person and his name is Jesus and tonight what we want to do is we want to pray with you we'll lead you in a prayer to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and in that moment you'll exchange all of your filthiness for all of his righteousness you don't have to live in sin anymore but you can have Jesus as your Lord and Savior we want to offer you tonight the opportunity to live in the peace that we've just been talking about by knowing Jesus come on with every head bowed and your eye closed if that's you if that's you tonight just lift your hand thank you come on thank you thank you come on there's hands going up church you need Jesus right now you need Jesus as your Lord and Savior you want to make a decision tonight for him to offer you peace come on church repeat this prayer with me Heavenly Father I stand here right now in desperate need of your son and I recognize my sinfulness I recognize my unworthiness but I also recognize Jesus. I accept him tonight as my Lord and Savior. Come on, I accept him tonight believing he paid the price for my sins. Jesus, be the Lord of my life. Come on, in Jesus' name, I pray. I confess with my mouth. Come on, I believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. Come on, would you let the praise in this house today? We worship you tonight, God. want to thank you again for listening to our podcast we hope you've been blessed by this sermon if you would like to share how god may have blessed you through this message please feel free to share your testimony on our facebook page at citywide church and while you're there like our page for daily updates you can also follow us on instagram at citywide church just a reminder if you would like more information about this ministry or how to support us financially please visit our website at www.citywidechurch.us We hope you tune in next week to our podcast. Thank you again. Be encouraged. Stay blessed.